You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out easyagentpro.com slash podcast. Good afternoon, good morning. And good night wherever you guys are at. You are listening to In the Lead, brought to you by Easy Agent Pro. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, we've actually been on a temporary hiatus with the podcast, and now we're revamping it, rebranding, and and making it happen for you guys. My name's Chris McHale. I'll be your host, and then we also have the two founders of Easy Agent Pro, um, as well as a marketing guru for us. So we have Tyler, we've got Robert, and Kelvin with me today, and um, we are going to talk about some really cool stuff. Uh, the first thing that we're going to start discussing is something that I like to call realty reality. And what this section is for you guys is just going to be any beneficial news or some type of talking point that we find really interesting and that could, could benefit you in some way in the realty world. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. And the first thing we're going to talk about is, uh, chat bots, surprisingly. Um, we've noticed a big trend in the new Inman conference coming out that there's actually three panels specifically geared towards information on chat bots. So with that said, um, I can go ahead and pass it over to whoever wants it and they can start talking about it a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Those, um, those chat bots coming out. If, if for those of you that don't know or hear the word chat bot in like, I don't know, think of something from the nineties. That's like some superhero on a, on a TV show. <laughs> um, like basically think of Facebook messenger. Um, they've got an app and, one of the cool things they're trying to do with that app, or maybe WhatsApp, it's like a texting platform, but what they're doing is building in like AI messengers that you can basically, you know, let's say there's an Amazon one and you can text that and say, hey, order me, you know, a new lamp or, or reorder those trash bags I always get every month. Uh, and so they're building that in and, and it's going to start impacting real estate pretty significantly. Uh, if you check out your Facebook page, like in the last, two months they've actually revamped how it looks and uh they're encouraging people more than ever to directly chat with you as a business owner through facebook messages on your phone on the web on a browser and that's sort of where this is all going right um whether it's lead gen whether it's pretty soon they're going to be lead gen ads that are just trying to get people to chat with you for messenger so uh that's sort of where the technology is coming from and what what chris is talking about there yeah, um, another good example of a chatbot that I actually found and thought was pretty crazy, pretty interesting. If you are a renter and you have a problem with the landlord not fixing your sink, you can actually have a chatbot take care of it for you. It can be in contact with the, the landlord and basically give them all the, oh, under articles section 14, it shows here that you need to fix anything on the property. Um, and... Now, I'm just curious what other ideas you guys might have that chatbots might be useful for in the realty market. Any? I think it's it's a really cool, really cool concept to be used right now. And I think there's a really big fear looming that this is going to replace agents. That seems to be what everyone's trying to focus on right now. And I personally, I don't really believe that's going to happen. I think the chatbots can be utilized very effectively in the marketing strategy and the way that agents can communicate with clients and build leads. I'd like to believe that they're not going to be able to replace the human element of a real estate agent, but I might be a little over optimistic. I don't know. I, I'd like to believe they can't replace agents, but um, as they continue to grow and move forward, I think they're going to be more and more useful for not just agents, but every different platform that agents are using. So I think they're going to become extremely integrated. Yeah. For example, pretty soon in the, in the short term here, you'll have instead of email updates, with properties, you'll be like able to directly feed those updates through like a Facebook Messenger or a WhatsApp, um, one of those types. Of well, things. the cool thing is it's they're not literally the trying to replace agents. They're trying to help scale an agent's efforts and where they can be online in multiple places at once. So they're switching to natural language chatbots so they don't sound like you're talking to a robot or you're talking to someone overseas. I know there's a couple services like um, – like ready chat that are doing just based on natural language, talking normal, sounding like a person. So you're not actually aware you're talking to a robot and it does that on behalf of the agent. It's the same thing that like 
Amazon Alexa is doing and that Google Home is doing with the smart home stuff. Like, language is going to become one of the next user interfaces. Like, right now it's touch screens, and that's kind of getting old. Like, the iPhone's coming up on 10 years, right? 10 year Actually, anniversary. 10 years. Yeah. Someone correct me. 10 years. Yeah. So, touch screens coming up on 10 years there. Um, probably longer, but like that's Apple's reign of it. And that, the next, the next frontier is that you know natural language talking to computers. Well, the my my outtake on this entire thing. I mean, Tyler actually sent me over yesterday a pretty interesting uh, graph. Uh, realtors are not going anywhere. Um, the graph is showing that you know on on average about ninety percent of all closings are done via a realtor. Not and that was uh, NAR NAR research, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I should have should have said that. Um, yeah, so that was the research that they sent us. So, I mean, realtors aren't going anywhere with this. What I, I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm on Kelvin's boat too. I'm actually really excited to see this happen because it seems like a really great way to prime up a potential lead and really make sure that that communication bridge has been built. Um, you have the information that you want before you even speak to the person, and that can that can play and you know play in your your side of the field really really well it can benefit you a lot more having that information up front yeah and i think what we're seeing is so if we say in 2015 90% of transactions happened with an agent right which is what the national association of realtors is reporting um if you take that as a fact we've had more information about the real estate market what it's supposedly worth, what each house was supposedly worth, what school district it was in, and like all that information's out there, and yet people are still choosing agents, choosing realtors, choosing, right. cal- you know. And so, what I think it's pointing to is that information is kind of becoming free and yet, in some way, like useless. Like it helps you and it helps you make a decision, but when it comes to that final part of it, someone still needs. A professional to help them assemble all that information into any type of like concrete decision of where they want to move, how they want to do it, how they want to help the transaction go down and everything. Right. Actually, it's funny you said that because NAR actually released information showing that the decision-making process when it comes to actually signing with an agent and then like getting all the way to the closing, it's actually taking longer now. And they're actually, they say it's because of the oversaturation of information available to buyers and sellers now, and it's actually taking people longer to actually make up their minds and make a decision. So having that agent, having that human element is just going to help make the process so well, much and, easier. And I think one of the biggest right. things is just agent focus. You should focus on what creates revenue for your business and on the people that are that are warmer than cold. So live chat with a human, human sounding kind of chat voice uh, helps you helps you spend time doing what you need to be doing while also engaging new leads and visitors on your site. And then basically if someone's not going to talk to a, to one of your chat robots on your site, if they're not going to fill out your form, if they're not going to give you information, they're probably not going to be a lead anyways. So anyone who's actually warmed up to you or actually legitimately considering you is going to have no problem chatting with one of these things and then segueing to a phone call where you can, you can make your magic happen. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and once again, I mean, you know, this is this chatbots aren't going away anytime soon. At least I don't I don't think so. Especially with a huge conference like Inman having three panels throughout the weekend. Uh, Absolutely. So they're gonna run. Pretty, they're gonna run. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, they're gonna run Inman on Alexa this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Speaking, of, that's what we are first time in, in person. EAP is actually showing up to Inman this year in January. So if you're there, send us a send us a tweet at Easy Agent Pro, and, and we'll we'll be sure to sync Super up. Super excited. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um. And I'm I'm sure as the <clears throat> as the months roll by and the weeks roll by, we'll be talking a lot more about some panel ideas and stuff, and we definitely want to hear your input on it as well. Um. With that said, we can move on to the next section. Um, I know Tyler was super excited to talk about this one, and I was pretty pumped to find it. Um, so there's some pretty tight resti- restrictions in China right now that is involving the housing market, and it's forcing a lot of people with money, especially new money in China with all the investing, it's forcing these people to come stateside to look for listings, to look for houses, look for investments. Um, this year alone, over $13 billion have been spent on U.S. soil buying mar- buying properties from foreign investors in China specifically. Um, I just wanted to kind of run this by you guys because I thought that you might have some tips and tricks on how to get a piece of that $13 billion pie. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. I mean, if you go to China, um, what you see is that there are just so many more people than there are here in the States. 
There's just so everywhere you go is like Disney World, and the streets are just lined with people. And and so they are what they're experiencing right now is kind of a housing bubble, um, but also there's not enough housing for the people. So it's it's debatable what's going on. But property prices are rising so fast that the government's put restrictions on the number of properties you can own as a couple, as a married couple, and as an individual. And so the outlet for some of that is what's caused. Uh, real estate prices in the U.S. to to go up because people are then purchasing real estate over here, and I think even in um, certain markets like Vancouver, people are now imposing the go- the the local governments are imposing foreign real estate taxes to to try and curb um, some of that investment here. So what I see is is, and I think everyone sees this too. Like all the major cities, um, even even the sub-cities like the Kansas City, the rental markets are experiencing a very heavy increase in the price per unit, the price per bedroom. Um, it's gone up dramatically. Uh, there are a couple of think pieces, maybe we can link to them in the show notes or something, um, about like the that growth in the rental market. And so what you see is more people moving into buying um, in, in the just the, the prices going up and buying too. So it's a really interesting um, dilemma there, and I'm sure you can you can target those investors, you know, with with SEO and with um, targeted ads online on Facebook. Uh, if you live in one of those markets, people. Well, are and, and if you're in one of those markets, you're going to want to figure out what their motivation for moving to that market is. You know, it could be it could be they're trying to provide their children with with an opportunity to study abroad, and they're investing in a property near a university. This would be an easy easy way to build the landing page and a whole campaign around. Are you relocating to go to this university? Here's a here's something here's some kind of special here's um here's a value pack here's what you need to know about the area just resources for someone who's considering relocating to your area. Uh, why why is the school the best? What like what is there around there and amenities? Is it safe? All that kind of stuff. Um, they they. It's great info on a Insta farm page. Right, exactly. Sure, a whole community around a whole community page based on the uh, the university or wherever wherever they're locating to in your in your town. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely interesting article. Um, I mean, thirteen billion dollars—that's a lot of money that's just sitting waiting to be, you know, waiting to be handed out to people. And these people definitely. Like like Tyler was saying, there's for whatever weird reason, there's a shortage of housing there. These people want houses; they're ready to buy. They're serious buyers, and they're looking for investment returns too. Yeah, yeah, they're serious investors. Exactly. Yeah, Um, and this is uh, this is a huge opportunity for realtors and and brokerages to really take advantage of. Especially like we were saying, in the I, I feel like a really strong city that this might happen in is somewhere like Seattle or Portland or even somewhere in California. Because in reality, it's just over the pond. Absolutely, New York, Boston, uh, Chicago, L.A. They're all they're all right there and and easy to get into. And then tons of schools. It's saturated with with a ton of opportunity. And then raising house prices, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really, really cool article. If you if any of you have any information, or if you have had an opportunity of selling a property to an investor, let us know. We'd love to hear your story. Um, and, and definitely yeah, just reach out to us on Twitter. It's a great, we, we, we get all those tweets. Kelvin reads them. I read them. Um, yes. Eddie, pro. yeah, tweet away. Um, we can move on to the next thing. I unfortunately didn't have any good statistics based off of this, but, uh, just from some little basic point and click, you know, clickbait researches and, and stuff like that. I've noticed a lot of people talking about green homes again. Um, and this is specifically because uh, Solar City, the uh, sister company of Tesla, has announced um, a solar roof, basically, instead of an, a single panel. Uh, you know, there's also his the, the Tesla also comes out with home battery systems as well. So these houses are becoming more and more green. Uh, I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that and see if there's a good way to create any type of uh, can, you know, advertising campaigns focused on people who are interested in that, any type of uh, marketing strategies or anything like that when it comes to green homes? I think one of the biggest things, I, I'm really excited about this. I saw the actual event where they announced the solar, the roofs and the actual battery pack. And I think one of the biggest, biggest issues facing the solar industry was the huge upfront cost for the panels themselves. And this is supposed to drastically bring that cost down while increasing efficiency at the same time. So I think this is actually going to have a much bigger impact on 
home value because solar green features like solar panels there was a lot of hype around them and the value they were going to bring to your home but again that started to stagger downwards because of that huge upfront cost that people just weren't willing and to they're take not on even though entirely like i think we're still a year or two away maybe even five before they're like actually economically better right now i still think you have to you have about a 12 um, year payoff really be a i think you have person. a 12 year payoff on yeah. a full solar system so that runs like 30 to 60,000. I think the government's doing like a 50 or 30% rebate right now. So you can save a good chunk of money, but a lot of people um, are, are, that's just, that's just an insane amount to invest directly into your house. Um, and then you see Solar City doing things like 30 year leases on them, where you basically are paying a minimum payment to them. They're selling some energy back for you. So it's an easier way to get your feet wet in it. But I think I think people would definitely be more attracted to something, at least I would, that would just 100% set up and ready to go start saving energy today. Cut down on your on your on some of your utility costs. Um, one of the, I, I don't know how familiar you are with their home battery systems. Um, Tesla's doing it and there's other companies as well. And these battery systems are really, I mean, yeah, they are still pricey. You're talking about $15,000 to $20,000 uh, for the battery system. But um it's an immediate savings, and the reason why it is is the battery will run your house, every every piece of electrical equipment in your house all day, and then at night the battery will recharge and you're actually pulling from the grid. Um, why it does it at night is because your wattage actually costs less at night oh, because there's less people using it. Um, and in this case, this might be an alternative to people who are still iffy about the solar roof or the solar panel systems and stuff like that in their house. Yeah, I think it's something um, that'll – I mean it's it's – it's an inevitability, right? Like at some point we have to move away from fossil fuels and usually it probably will happen, you know, at some point in our lifetimes. But what I think we're talking about, and we'd all agree, is this is a niche part of the market still. Someone who is going to take action and buy, even like even think about buying this stuff now, they're a niche. And if you're a real estate agent looking to grow the number of listings you do, you need to exploit a new niche. And so if you're into even remotely or could get excited about Tesla, about solar roofs, about solar panels, about batteries, about, you know, all this stuff, like why not go to meetup.com and organize like a green meetup um, to talk about this stuff? Why not go to Facebook, create a group for the Kansas City green meetup people um, and start marketing that way? Why not build a landing page on your site around this? Why not write blogs about this? Um, why not go out and retarget people interested in this stuff? Because what you're then doing is you're giving yourself a why as an agent. And that's that's just, you know, like it until it makes that like major tipping point where over 20, 30% of the houses on on Zillow or Realtor.com include this stuff, it's a niche. And that's really powerful in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to just be uh, pertaining to electrical savings. You can talk about gray water systems. Um, urban gardening is a new niche that's taking off. And if you have a property that makes that very easy and lets you recycle your water, that is something that you want to talk about. That's a really good niche to kind of uh, throw into your page and kind of you know, capture that little bit of people who are interested in doing something like that. There's a lot more of them out there than you really think. That's for sure. And it's investor minded because um, you can yeah. actually, you have another thing to, to show a potential investor, home buyer, um, way to make money on their property. They, you can literally now sell back energy once it's paid off to, to your power company and, and get paid for it. So that's just, that's just boosting the return on your investment anyway from, from day one, if it's already good to go. Absolutely. Uh, Kelvin, do you have any input on it or any, anything? No, I completely agree with what Tyler said about the niche markets. I think creating this hyper-focused content will allow you to target in on a very small segment of people very, very effectively, and the potential return there could be very, very Yeah, like even like screw content marketing for a second and like go like go rogue, <laughs> go like set up the, the like meetups, go set up the groups on Facebook, get people talking and like maybe it starts with just 10 people but then it morphs into like 100 and all of a sudden you're the real estate agent in, at the center of all of it. Like, And with that said, I mean that's exactly right and I mean you you just kind of revisited a really fantastic video on our YouTube page that Kelvin made about making sure that you stand out. This is yeah. a perfect opportunity for you to stand out as a realtor. You, you found it doesn't something. mean all the homes you sell have to be green. It just means that you're the, you're the person organizing the discussions about this stuff um, in your city, suburb, 
And it's expiring soon. So as soon as everyone is selling greenhouses, when greenhouses is no longer a niche, it's not going to mean anything to talk about it. It's like, hey, this house has a refrigerator. Of course it has a refrigerator. Like there's no point in in mentioning (laughs) it. You can't target a niche based on people (laughs) who are looking for refrigerators. But for now, in in this this day and age, we can target literally someone who's interested in green. Uh, you can retarget people that like Tesla in your area on some Facebook targeting. You can you can do the same with Google Ads. People that visit green sites, um, all that type of stuff to really get a, a focused audience um, to see your message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. I, as far as the. Uh the realtor reality or realty reality, that was pretty much all of the really beneficial news or cool news that I, I found this, this week. Um, next week we'll be doing the same thing and we'll be more than happy to, uh, uh, to spread some more news. Yeah. If you guys have any extra um, topics, the, um, anything you want to hear about on realty reality, let us know, shoot them to the Facebook or, or to support an easy agent pro and we'll get it on Twitter, there. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next thing that the next section that we're going to kind of do on a weekly basis as well is going to just be an EAP play section. Um, I myself do the coaching for a lot of you guys with the new sites, or if you have existing sites that need some help. Um, I've had a lot of people wondering about SEO, um, how to optimize it the best way they possibly can, um, understanding the importance of it, the technical jar- jargon, and any clarification. Uh, I know that Kelvin has made a fantastic video on this, so maybe he might want to start it off for us. Yeah, I actually met with somebody yesterday who asked and said that they were so confused about meta tags and all these different things. And Tyler and I talked about this quite a lot. And one of the best things he said is SEO is not voodoo. People get so caught up on the technical aspects of SEO that they forget to just focus on writing quality content. So the bottom line is SEO is a system designed to help people find the most quality content in relation to whatever the subject matter is. So just make something that's useful, helpful, that you would want to use depending on what you're searching for. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, be as specific as possible. Most of the people that come to us with that question, in their mind, are thinking about how can I get on the first page for Dallas Homes for Sale? How can I get on the first page for Kansas City Homes for Sale? And you know what? Like, I would forget about that and put that on the shelf for like a year or six months. And like, don't even let yourself think about that for that period of time and go find a freaking niche. We just talked about one. Green, green, mar- like... Like, go target with your SEO some keywords around batteries, solar panels, and your city, um, real estate, and green living, and your city, and get on the first page for that because that's so much easier. No one's doing that. There's no competition. If there's a new million-dollar condo development going up, go target and get on the first page for the name of that condo Like because then you can sell those million-dollar condos and be the buyer's agent for that. It's, it's that specific approach to it that is needed before we start talking about any of the the technical like what you need to be doing on the and number one have realistic expectations from the get-go so seo i think is teaching google what you do who you are and where your stuff is so you're you're like you're just not gonna rome wasn't built in a day and your seo like isn't gonna be on page one in 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 a week in a month um you know for a for a very popular term there's you have thousands of other people competing for that exact slot with you so like ty said a, a niche is definitely an easier way to get faster results quicker and what happens is you start winning those little wins you take a lot of little wins you have you know these these various niches in your community you have very specific neighborhoods like the northeast heights or something like that. And then at the end of the day, Google starts saying, oh wait, so this person writes about all these neighborhoods that are in Albuquerque that um, you know that, that have to do with homes for sale. Maybe they're a candidate for Albuquerque homes for sale. Let's move them up a little bit. And, and then number two, I would say, stop spending time trying to cheat Google. You're not gonna find a hack that works long-term that's gonna allow you to have consistent results and there just is no, there is no sexy trick that you can do to, to cheat that. The best thing you can do is have a consistent content schedule, have a consistent um, activity on your socials, focus on one or two, we do Facebook and YouTube, and almost exclusively on those, and then once you start getting some results, you can expand to the other ones and it just completes the picture. Uh, easy quick trick for for at least branding SEO, create all your social profiles, make sure they're the same thing, make sure they have your keyword, and you can actually Google, like on mobile right now, like if you type in Easy Agent Pro, 
uh, you'll see all of our socials rank. So they're trying to feed content that like people that are seeking this information out, they're trying to feed them all the resources they can that have your name. So naturally filling up your own first page with all your brand name, all your name, um, that was kind of what um, I know Calvin just made a video with James Larson have have your business plus your name be the brand and make sure that shows up on Google at least that should be the first thing make sure if someone types in your name your stuff comes up and it's easy to research you no it's fantastic information um, I just want to chime in too and say one thing as well you know the the website is obviously geared towards your real estate business, um, and and that's obviously what you're trying to sell. But with that said, we give you the opportunity to create blog content that's original. If you have a fantastic idea for a blog, that will also be ranked in SEO. But if it doesn't pertain to specifically real estate, but you feel like it'll sell the area, write it up. If it's a good idea and you're hesitant, chances are it's still going to be a good idea. It still should be written. The content should still be created. Um, you know, I've seen some really great ones where the guy didn't even talk. You know, I, we live. I live in Albuquerque, and out here. Um, we have fall, we have a fall season. We had the leaves turn colors, and chili roasting is a big deal. So one of the one of our customer, one of our clients, one of the guys who has a site with us, wrote several different blog articles about the different harvest festivals that happen statewide. He talked about how ch green chili is important, and he's just creating that content, optimizing SEO for different types of keywords and focuses while creating that footprint online. So it's a really, really fantastic way to broaden your horizon and and also get some hits back onto your website. So, yeah, that's what I have to say. Absolutely, <laughs> I totally, I 100% agree that creating local content for your local audience is something Zillow can never do. It's something Trulia can never do, and it's something most agents won't do because they, you know, they they writing a blog. It's just like at the end of the day, it's not the the most fun thing that you're gonna do. But if you can provide um, short tidbits of value that's relatable to your audience that they would love to read that just makes them salivate when they see it and they are looking for this they're seeking it someone's going to do it it's going to be a local magazine or your news or something don't let them do it take take the initiative put the content out there and you'll have google will reward you for being first absolutely yeah. and chris by the way um if you have links to that guy's blogs if there's a harvest festival i missed i definitely need gotta to get the chili yeah. <laughs> absolutely i'll be happy to <laughs> i gotta get to that chili man yeah no um it's it's actually you know uh another good example that i've seen people do too is they want to create blogs you know you're you're a realtor by day and then your superhero costume at night kicks in and you're a huge foodie um, getting in contact with those local businesses and creating some type of of blog play with with restaurants um uh, you know, state fairs, like I said, festivals, stuff like that, it can really benefit you. Um, you know, every place has a has a balloon fiesta. Every place has a specific sports team. Every place has these really great, cool things that you can be using to optimize your SEO, to optimize that footprint via your blog specifically. So there's a bunch of really great opportunities out there for you to really take advantage of stuff. And like you said, a lot of people don't like writing blogs, me included. I don't like writing. <laughs> um, but if I if I can make it fun for me by doing something that I enjoy doing in my local area, who's to say that other people aren't going to want to experience the same thing? So yeah, and really not even not even just blogging. Build it into video. Pair the two together. Uh, Dustin Brome's doing something where he's going around Salt Lake, and he sits down and interviews a local business owner, and that gives the business a chance to highlight what they do and how ingrained they are in the community. And it's also making him look better. Making and it's building. It's this co-promotional relationship, and he's taking advantage of the most popular medium being one hundred percent. Yeah. Businesses love to promote themselves, so make it easy for them to do so. Write a write-up about them that's flattering, that shows that you actually know about them and what they do and what they're what they're special about, and guaranteed guaranteed shares, guaranteed extension of your network and your names on it. They're literally getting traffic for you, and Google rewards you know content plus traffic. That's definitely an indicator for them. So the more people you can get to share your stuff for you on your behalf, the better your SEO will be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, SEO is a trick. There is no, like, like we said, there's no voodoo. It's a very, it's a formula. And once you master that formula, you will be cruising right along and, and you will be exactly where you want to be. Um, so yeah, so there's your SEO stuff. Uh, the next thing I want to discuss is we just had a fantastic article published about uh, Pinterest. Um, we, from what I have understood about it and what I've been looking up, 
looking at, it's kind of the underdog of the social world when it comes to kind of expressing yourself as a brand. Uh, just curious about your guys' input on that. I think Pinterest is actually, it's amazing. Whenever I do meet with people, I tell them that Pinterest is a huge source of traffic for us specifically, and they're always really blown away to hear that. And I think people don't really know how to get in on Pinterest because of the structure, but there's a lot of different boards that have huge audiences where the email to whoever you got to send the email to to actually get on the board and start contributing content, it's right there. It's really easy. Send the owner of the board a quick email and you can start getting your blog content, your videos, you can start posting them onto Pinterest. And it's actually amazing the client, the amount of people you can draw in from that platform. I was very surprised at the numbers. And it's cheaper too. Long. It's not quite as mainstream. Like Pepsi isn't yeah. funneling billions of, well, probably millions of dollars into it like they are on Facebook um, or Google. And so if you're looking for the place that's still pretty new, like you can go Snapchat and be like super new, but Pinterest, it can actually get you that blog traffic that can lead to that um, lead information being filled. Well, out. and then... Yeah, it flies really yeah, under the radar. Yeah, and then everyone focuses on trying to get um, some, like, don't get turned away by not being able to be, be like, you know, there's not enough local groups of, that are interested in my stuff on Pinterest. And it doesn't necessarily have to be local groups. It could be green homes. And you could just do nationwide green homes because we know that the more traffic you get, whether local or not, is going to boost your SEO. People just want to – Google doesn't care if people in Albuquerque love your blog to some degree. You know, They have targeted searches right. that are for that. But half of – in slivers and from all around the US, you can get all this traffic. It's global traffic. And it boosts your average number. So it can take you, you know, you may have 10,000 locals, but if you can get 10,000 international people to your site as well, then you're just going to look so much better in Google and you have a better chance of, of getting that front page keyword for a popular term. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, one thing I've noticed too, if you can't find a board, create it. That's always a simple, you know, a simple thing to do. Put yourself out there, make, make yourself be seen by, you know, uh, in this case, obviously green homes have been thought of and there's a ton of boards out there. But if you can't find one, make one for your local area. Create that footprint. Check out Bill Gassett on Pinterest. Um, He's just the best person that you could see him dominate. Yeah. The guy was first on it and now he has one of the biggest like real estate Pinterest boards. And his isn't even for buying real estate. It's just real estate everything. It takes in agents. It takes in uh, home buyers, sellers. It's for everybody. And then people get to select the content that fits them. So that's what's kind of cool about Pinterest is it's literally like a wall full of ads and you just get to look at the ads that seem that are relevant to you and, and which ones uh, kind of light your fire and then go to the website. So it's it's really cool in that respect that it, it basically is a search engine. Yeah, no, totally. Um, any, any more points on Pinterest, sir? That should be the name for it. Points. Check on out, make like yeah, it. set up Google <laughs> Analytics. Do too. it. Get your Next Google Analytics post. going and make sure you're tracking. See what Pinterest can do for you. Um, I think you'll you'll quickly see. If you have an ad budget, exactly. tried out clicks are five. You'll times literally see that. it sending a, a solid chunk that could replace. You know, like it could it could supplement, but it could also replace like Twitter, um, some of the other smaller networks where you just don't get any traction. Um, and they'll. And the cool thing, I think, the coolest thing about Pinterest is it never dies your ad will be there forever. And if people keep sharing it, it just kind of is viral in that respect because people will take your ad from this board. It's also a search engine in that respect. Like people search it as a database, unlike Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat, right. where it's very Push, right? temporal, very momentary. Yeah. Push, yeah, there's receive, a life expectancy. and it's gone. Push, receive, it's gone. Uh, Pinterest, it's that search engine that they keep type. Like it, 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 if you look go there, you'll see it's literally a search engine that you type in front door ideas to, and then see front door ideas or green living in San Diego, and and see all that stuff. We're still getting traffic from blogs Tyler exactly. written like a year ago. Like there, we're still getting people clicking through to us from that content from. They so will long never ago. die. They're on some of them. Once that's the cool thing is once you get a winner, it stays up there. People are like not generally gonna gonna change their minds, and people just keep sharing it daily. And so you wrote this. It's a really good way to scale your efforts because someone is literally sharing your stuff automatically by default because they're on Pinterest. And they're just literally spreading links to your site and getting more traffic for you. So it kind of puts your marketing to work. And that way, if you're taking the time to write a nice article and you're going to put a video in it, you're actually getting your, your values worth and having having something kind of automate um, some traffic flow. Yeah. Um, 
Pinterest is a fan. I mean, obviously, we, we all agree that it's a very, very fantastic platform to sell your brand recognition, to sell yourself. Um, and uh, like you said, it doesn't go away. You can't beat that. Um, it's, it's something that's there forever. So with, with, with Pinterest, you know, start focusing on it, start taking a little bit of time and, and, and look around, um, be creative, create those front door ideas, you know, uh, it's there, the opportunity is there for you. And there's still plenty of it because it's still, like we said, it's kind of like surprising to us to see how well Pinterest advertising does and pin in Pinterest retargeting does. Um, so definitely keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is our group beat Zillow. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. If not, it's a Facebook group that we've created for EAP users. Um, and you basically ask questions and we can give you answers and other people who use the site as well can give you answers. It's a really great platform. Uh, so what I want to do on the, on the podcast from here on out is pick out a cut two or three really good questions that I saw on the Beatzilla so we can talk about it with, you know, the marketing ninja and the two, the two crazy guys who thought up this whole thing. So, um, uh, Limeray's, sorry if I murdered that name, <laughs> Hernandez asks, uh, hello everyone. So I put a seller's ad in Facebook to land in the, how much is your home worth? Since it started yesterday, I have 21 clicks on the ad slash link, but no one has filled out the form. Is this normal? Um, so yeah, there you go, guys. There's the question. If you want to start giving out some answers, that'd be great. Yeah, I three things. One, um, law of big numbers and averages, right? If you think something's going to happen 5% of the time and we do it a thousand times, then all of those could happen like numbers... 950 through a thousand or they could happen sporadically but they're not going to happen evenly almost all the time so 21 clicks is just not enough to get any data off of it's not it's it's not statistically significant until you've tried it for three four months um over time because like it, i mean even if you let's say you tried this uh we're recording this on november 3rd for whenever you're listening to this but like if you tried this this last weekend and that's when you got those 21 clicks you did it over halloween which is just not when people are like that tuned into real estate they're focused on other things so you've got to get statistically significant data um so i'd say it is uh normal in that regard second um that it, it really depends on your ad so you can have like multiple ads going to the landing page and you should experiment with that like maybe three or four of them um and then third thing being if you want to drive down the cost per lead let's say you can get like 20 dollars leads right now maybe 30 dollars leads um, if you want to drive that down you've got to do retargeting so maybe you go and you listen to our talk on the green marketing or our talk on pinterest and you start getting people to your site then what you can do is you can start remarketing that um, those people that visited your site showing everyone who's already been to your site your ad and only showing those people and that's going to lower the cost there so those are sort of the three suggestions i'd give um off that and question are you are you offering enough value <clears throat> is something i would i would ask um you know you see it's one of the most common ads out there now what's your home worth like it six years ago it was insanely yeah, it's, effective it's totally an old and ad. it's just kind of been been yeah. done and done and all these you know the ad companies um, you know, that, that run ads for real estate agents on, on Facebook specifically, that a lot of them will use the same thing. And it's like, it's, it shows the lady in front of a house with a sold sign and like, how much, how much is your home worth? And you've kind of seen <laughs> it and you're desensitized to it. Um, there's a reason Budweiser changes its ad every Super Bowl. It's because the old one doesn't work anymore. So you have to kind of be, um, make, like find a proposition that is more valuable and it will make them salivate when they see it. So you could, you can, this doesn't mean you have to stop using your, how much your home worth landing page, but you may want to make a resource, um, could be a, could be another landing page or it could just be a straight page on your website that is just like this is the mecca resource for sellers and of course they're going to want to like step one figure out your home value fill out this form step two here's all my tips as a pro in the area for selling your home um, for more money faster in albuquerque so you're offering them things other than the home value the home value is cool and that's your lead capture but don't forget to add value um me 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 marketing versus you 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 make it about them what is the stuff a seller needs 
what are their questions? Um, you know, like they, most people have no clue about any of this. And they, that's how you as an agent could come in, look like an authority and just a straight badass and help like squash all their fears and uh, give them something that they'll remember you by and, uh, and help them out, genuinely help them out. Not just how much is your home worth. And on top of that, like everything Robert says rings true. The thing that you have to remember is right now you're thinking that as a marketer, you're saying, I want to show this ad to a thousand people and I want a hundred to click it. And then I want five of those to give me their information. And that is roughly how it works, but that's never how it works. Uh, the average stat right now is that people have to see you eight to 12 times before they opt in. So if you're a brand new agent and no one's ever seen you ever, like that's going to be a ridiculously expensive proposition on Facebook. And so you have to go out there and you have to do the things like we said with the meetups, the things that we said with maybe doing blogs, the things that we said with videos. And you have to combine this together so that it's like this ad for sellers and this ad for buyers and where you're just constantly um, getting people to work with you, getting people to know you, getting people to see the stuff you're putting out there online and offline and building those relationships. Because once you are the the agent or the broker closing 100, 300, 500 deals a year, it's a lot easier to turn this ad on and automatically have it work getting you $10 leads, right? A broker that comes in and, and is like, hey, yeah, I did this ad. Um, we could do a case study on it. Like, I get $10 leads from this ad to this landing page. And then someone who's a brand new agent in a different area could run the same thing and like get $100 leads. And that's just because of the goodwill in the community that that other agent has built up versus the new one. So if you're newer or if you aren't at that bigger level, you got to do stuff to offset it to keep the cost down on some of the fresh or cool. Absolutely. Ads. And I'd rec I'd like to to just secondly emphasize creating a retargeting campaign in addition to any ad you ever run. If you don't have the retargeting pixel set up, you're gonna be spending top dollar to get one action. At least with retargeting, along the lines of that they have to see you eight to 10 times, you can follow them around now. And now for the next month, they're gonna see your ad. And maybe you're gonna give them something valuable or maybe you're gonna have another me, me, me ad. But choose choose one that's gonna actually, it's gonna coach them and nurse them through their process. They went to this page for a reason. You can retarget them for, for secondary pieces of value around that reason. Yeah, absolutely. Kelvin, do you have anything, any input, any ideas as to what a proper Facebook ad should look like or any ideas about that? <laughs> No, man, I, I was going to talk about time frame and law of averages, like Tyler said, and then offering up value, but you guys crushed it. I, they, it. I think That's they broke great. it down pretty darn well. <laughs> I just get a kickback now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, sit back, you guys do you. Drink that um, coffee, Kelly. With, with, you know what? With all of this fantastic information that these guys are giving you, we also want to hear your input. Uh, send us a tweet. Send us, you know, send us something on the Beat Zillow page. You know, hey, this ad worked really well for me, and this is why. And more importantly, we want to hear why the ad didn't work for you. And the reason for that is it, it benefits you and us to kind of help tweak and tune your advertising campaign. Um, if you, you know, for every good ad, there's usually five or six bad ones, and you can help other realtors reach that good ad mm -hmm. by you know giving them the, the beneficial pointers that's what beatzilla is all about is you guys helping each other out like a family and we really we love that about our beatzilla group so yeah so send us you know send us stuff in beatzilla send us stuff on twitter about hey check out my ad what do you guys think about it is there something i could change is there something i can edit or or, or you know take away um, and then, like I said, most importantly too, hey, this one didn't work out. And here's what I think is the reason why. Here's the probable cause. Do you guys agree? Um, it help, it, it's a really beneficial thing to do and it helps you out yeah. in the long run. It's a good investment in time, in time management. And don't be afraid to subject that type of stuff to criticism. That's how you get, that's how you get better. I, I've, every time I have a coaching call with someone and I tell them about Beatzilla, they always say, well, nobody wants to see my stuff or I'll just, I'll just watch. I'll just be quiet and get engaged. Nobody... Nobody cares. Nobody's going to judge you. Don't don't be afraid of the criticism. It's only going to help you improve. Yeah, so, absolutely. Really excited um, to get people. Same thing talking with our, you know, on you know, we're shamelessly plugging away here. Uh, same thing on our on our on our YouTube <laughs> page too. Ty, uh, Tyler and Kelvin both make fantastic videos for you guys. Great resource on how to optimize your your advertising campaign on Facebook or Pinterest or wherever you're advertising or where wherever you're not advertising. You know the do's and don'ts of how to do it. Um, Leave a comment on those videos. Hey, I did what you guys said, 
it's working or like I said, it's not working. What can I change? What can I do differently? Um, so we really want to hear your input and you know, if it's, if it's good, it's going on the podcast and you'll be world famous. So it's pretty cool. So definitely check that out. <laughs> um, the next question that we have, uh, thank you, Limerus. Sorry if I keep, you know, killing your name there. Um, thank you so much for sending that, that question. It was fan or, you know, putting it on beat beatzilla's fantastic question. The next one I actually pulled before Kelvin made the video on it. And we already kind of, uh, talked about it a little bit. James Larson came up with a really great one. As a new agent, should I focus on personal brand Facebook pages or a business branded Facebook page? For example, I have James Larson Real Estate and I have Blue Light Real Estate, which is my website business name. Which one should I be focusing on and which one is more important? Yeah, I, I was really excited to see that question, and I did make a video. It's up on YouTube. It was on our Facebook page the other day, and I actually advocated personal branding because, and, and I, me, Tyler and I actually talked about this yesterday too, personal branding is very flexible, and he did discuss his concern about actually expanding into a team later, and the great thing about the personal branding is you can translate that over into the team dynamic very very effectively, I think. There's not a lot of difficulty in actually transitioning from your personal brand. So building a personal brand that's actually going to be a successful foundation is definitely, I think, the way to go. Yep. And having your name tied to it just helps with Google search results. You know, blue light, they you probably they may not remember that. They're most likely going to remember your name before they remember your company. So the first thing they're going to, when they, you know, like, oh, I just, I filled out a home value on James Larson's site. They're, it's not on blue light realty site. It's on James Larson's site, who is blue light realty. So um, keeping both in there helps, helps you kind of double, double edged sword for Google when, whether they search either term, you're going to show up for both. Um, so make, I, I agree with Kelvin on, in his video on it that you should definitely use, use both names and as often as possible, write both of them. Yeah, and people, people want to know who they're going to work with. The personal element of your business is never going to fade away. That personal brand, even if you transition into a more broad team, that personal element of it is always going to be important to whoever you're going to work and with. So building a, that up. All this stuff is true that everyone's saying, but one of the things that I... I see agents do, and this might not be you, but it, it, just listen. Um, I get a lot of emails. We get a lot of leads. We get a lot of. We talk to a lot of real estate agents, like a lot, a lot. And it is the rarity to find a real estate agent who has had the same phone number, email, um, email address, website address for the last, let's say, three to four years. That stuff, that name, that email address, that phone number should not change. That is that that is who your business is. And if you're changing your name, then that means every time you change your name, you got to change your Facebook page, which means you lose all the momentum you've built up there. You've got to change your your website address, which means you lose all the momentum you've built up there for SEO. And you confuse the heck out of Google, and you confuse the heck out of, of everyone that used to know who you are. That stuff cannot change. You're building a business, and the foundation of that is like your name and all the work you put into that. So if you're even con like considering changing that, like make sure the thing you commit to, you actually commit to it. Um, and that you don't have five email addresses and you don't have five websites and you don't like that, that stuff doesn't work anymore anyway. If you like try to get the exact match domain or something, it's, like, you've it's got fantastic to information. To one, and what know, I like to tell, cause I've actually had this, this question come up a lot in uh, coaching sessions as well. Um, you know, should I should I name it something toward you know towards my personal brand versus the the company I'm working for? And my answer to them is there's one thing that's always going to follow you around everywhere, no matter what brokerage you work for, no matter what rebrand company you do. It's going to be your personal brand that will stick with you. And if you if you're doing what Tyler is saying not to do, which is changing all that information constantly, you're not going to create that footprint. And all of that hard work you've done, like Robert said, is gone. You, you, it's, there's no more, there's n none of it exists anymore. You're a whole total, you're totally different. You might as well be a totally different person. You might as well be Jason Bourne at that point. So you have to, you have to really focus on keeping that personal brand alive. Um, and <laughs> while in turn balancing between the two, um, that's, that's how I look at it or how I think about it. So there you go. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and then if you've been using, uh, you know, Robert at KW.com, what happens when you move to Coldwell Banker? Like what happens when like you, 
Well, don't move to Coldwell Banker. Jeez, like that—that's that, that, the list of things every always changing. Like the amount of—I I forget who's someone really famous, but uh, like you should not like, moving your house, moving apartments, all that stuff disrupts your flow, your daily, what you do, your prospecting, your lead generation, your marketing, um, just all of it. Your business cards change when you do all that, and it just completely disrupts any sort of traction you are gaining. And so if you're going to make a change, it better 2x you instantly because you're going to lose about just probably 6, 7, 8, 12 months of work that you've already well, that's why you already Well, that's why you want to have a person, uh, uh, you know, all your marketing built around your brand name and your name because it's not, you know, it could be James Larson, Blue Light Real Estate, KW. Coldwell it could be whatever you want, that little tiny logo at the bottom of the card, but your email would still be james at jameslarson.com. No matter what, you could have a phone number if you know if you're stuck with an office line or a, a company provided cell phone or whatever. But you can get a you can use Grasshopper and create a catch-all phone number. So where, if you ever change Verizon, AT and T, you never know if you're going to change your cell phone. And now you can literally forward all those numbers to your to your new one. So you're not you're still gaining that equity, but it gives you more flexibility in case you do have to change. Um, like sometimes happens where you change phone systems, you change whatever. Um, you should just leave yourself as many options yeah, versus Anything digging yourself into a hole any, that's going to be a pain in the butt to get out of. No, I totally agree. Um, focusing the content and, and positioning yourself in the right way allows you that type of flexibility that Robert was just talking about. I totally agree. Fantastic. Um, does anybody else have their last two cents that they want to talk about on the branding side? Are we good? Yeah, I think, like I, think, I think we beat that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> With that said, um, that is it for our In The Lead podcast. Um, if you guys love it or like it, uh, please send us you know, some, some good tweets representing. If you have any questions, send them our way. Go on the BeatZilla group. Um, you know, ask away, and we'll, we'll be happy to, to help you out and hopefully give you some good listening while you're stuck in traffic wherever you guys are living. Um, this is, uh, I will sign off. This is Chris McHale and we are going to say goodbye. Uh, Tyler, Robert and Kelvin will all say goodbye as well. And we will be back next week with more great realty related information and more SEO optimization, more Zillow, how to kick Zillow's butt, everything that you can think of. will be back here on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for listening, for listening to In The Lead. If you've enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content like this, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com.